Welcome to the Wags of SCI podcast, where we discuss life, love, and caregiving after spinal cord injury. Hosted by Elena Pauly and Brooke Paget. Both of our partners are quadriplegics. And after connecting online in 2017, we began the advocacy and support group WAGS of SCI, which is an acronym for Wives and Girlfriends with Spinal Cord Injury. We know firsthand the challenges that come with living this lifestyle. And our mission is to spread education, awareness, and positivity from our unique perspectives. Us each week as we tackle deep discussions around balancing life as a caregiver and a lover to someone with a spinal cord injury. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Wags of SCI podcast. Here we go. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Wags of SCI podcast with your hosts, Elena Pauly and Brooke Paget. Today, we have a short topic for you in response to the many new followers that we have gained in the last month specifically. Um, we have we have noticed a huge increase in new women joining our community, um, both on our private page, which is the Wags of SCI private Facebook discussion group. So if you are listening to this podcast and you are a spouse, a girlfriend, a partner of somebody who recently sustained a spinal cord injury, please feel free to head on over to the WEGS of SCI private discussion group and join in on the private conversation there. But today's topic is in response to those of you who are brand new to the community and let's say your partner just sustained a spinal cord injury and you do not find that there is a heap of support for you in both hospital or rehab centers. So we would love to share some of the discussion that both Brooke and I um, will read out to you later on in the podcast around some encouragement and give you a little bit of insight, a little bit of light, a little bit of love towards this brand new journey of what has helped you what has been motivational for you to get you back in the right headspace after everything has sort of tumbled around you. So please stay tuned for that. Yes. And before we get into that, we just wanted to send a huge shout out to this episode's sponsors. Of course, we have Robin Wishart of Wishart Brain and Spine Law. Robin and her team are huge advocates for the WEGS of SCI community. They work behind the scenes on our cases and on a heap load of other couples cases and single WEGS cases um, around North America. So if you want more information on Robin and her team and how they're helping the WEGS community with their legal expertise, please visit wegsofsci.com and click on the legal resources tab. You can also visit Robin's website at brainandspinelaw.com. Our second sponsor is a WAG owned business. Now, if you have been listening to us for a while, or if you're on our website at all, you know that we're huge, huge supporters of WAGs of SCI and their businesses. So this in particular, Annalisa and John's business. So John's a quadriplegic of over 35 years and Annalisa is his wife. They run Rolling in Paradise. So Rolling in Paradise is an adaptive equipment company that specializes in things like hand bikes, any sort of adapted fun going outdoors equipment that you can think of. Please go and visit them. 
uh, they are experts in the field and they know what it's like because they are interabled and they've been doing their life for a long time. So a lot of us, you know, we know what it's like to visit a vendor or contact a vendor who is sitting behind a desk and has no real idea of what it's like to be paralyzed. They are the complete opposite. They know what it's like, so they can actually help you out. And the good news is they are a VA-approved business. They work with insurance companies all over North America to get coverage. And their website is rollinginparadise.com. And please contact them and let them know that the WEGS of SCI sent you. So to continue the topic today, we have a post that, Brooke, you shared on the private Facebook group page And that was around what's the best advice that changed things for you personally. So can you share a little bit of that? And also what made you ask this question? Because I know sometimes we get inspired by some of the lived experience in our own lives. And that sort of negates uh, the tone of the conversation. So it was a really great post, really loved it, saw so much encouragement from it. But share with us what inspired you to do this. So I actually was just sitting, literally doing nothing. And I do that a lot where I sit and I just think about things. I'll get a thought and I'll just kind of think about the meaning of it. But I was thinking about the transition point in my life um, after my partner's injury the other day. And I was thinking about it and I was just like, oh, it'd it'd be really interesting to put this on the self-care group and see if any other women have kind of like turning points where somebody or something or something they read or something they learned or listened to, or everybody has that moment where you're just like, okay, this helped me. This worked for me. I need to follow this. And so I posted, what's the best advice that changed things for you personally? Everyone has that moment when things change for them for the better or They're led down a path that is unexpected, but shown to be exactly what's needed. Would love to see some stories about advice from experts or even friends, family, or strangers, situations, tips, or that you received that really stuck with you, support, or even books or quotes that helped you personally follow a path of self-growth and change. So I remember someone telling me multiple times after my partner got injured saying, you know, at some point one day you'll start to really love this and love that this happened to you. And I know I've shared this before, but like, I remember looking at the person and just being like, no, like it almost made me angry. Like I was kind of like, no, that's, I mean, that's not going to happen. I can't see how I could be so grateful for this. And then months turned into years and I started to really see what that person was talking about. And so that kind of inspired this because I was like, okay, there is that moment where everybody just realizes, okay, I can't sit in my sorrow and be upset that things worked out this way for, you know, years and years and years and years. Like I've got to start going down somewhat of a path of healing and getting my true self back and working on myself, whatever that looks like. Everyone's different, right? So that was kind of the inspiration behind the post. And there were a lot of good comments. And I, to be honest, I didn't really expect um, that this many comments. So I think that's why we decided to do a podcast on this today, because it, it was really inspiring. And I know that it'll help a lot of women who are not just freshly injured wags. Um, I, I would say the first few years, for sure, um, women who are in this situation that just know that they want to change something and they want to evolve and 
something needs to change, right? It's that calling. Yeah, right? absolutely. And, and there will be multiple, if not daily situations that will <laughs> challenge your thinking of, is this really for me? Can I really do this? I'm so overwhelmed or I don't know if I can handle this. Right. And it's, and I just want to say, um, this is not just in reference to, um, the chaos of our partner's injury, but just the daily life and, and the experiences we have in daily life with different people, with different personalities, with different insurance companies and denials and, dealing with policies that truly need some reform, you know, these frustrations can come up every single day at any sort of time. And so I say that because one of the first comments that I'm reading here is one of my favorite quotes by Robert Frost. And it's the best way out is always through. And this individual writes, when I was completely broken, panicked, straight up in denial about our new life after my husband's plane crash, other people were saying how strong I was or that everything happens for a reason or it's all going to be okay. And quite honestly, that pissed me off. When people told me the best way out is always through, it resonated like, oh, okay, I can rewrite what happened already. I can change, I can't change the past. Sorry, I can't rewrite what already happened. I can't change the past and it's not okay, but I can get up and I can keep moving. Such a simple phrase was able to give my brain a moment to admit that this situation is shit, but it's not completely over. Um, I personally love that because I actually posted something frequent or similar to this this weekend. And it was by Robert Frost as well. And it's, I feel like he's a great, the poetry is so beautiful and it speaks to situations when you completely feel like your back is against the against the wall. And then you're like, okay, the best way out is always through. You have to feel it. And we talk about this quite frequently is you have to feel all of your emotions and feelings and able and being able to be vulnerable to them. That takes true strength. And that is how you allow movement and the process through your body so that energy does not become stuck and manifest itself in other ways through other emotions and through other feelings. And one of something that I learned a long time ago was it's the situation occurs and that is 10% of the truth of your reality. And 90% of it is your response to that, whatever that situation happens to be. So I really, really thought that was quite terrific. It's a great, great perspective shift. You got to go through it. You got to feel it. And then you get out. Well, and we, we do talk about this a lot, but it, it just, it helps to know that like you are trained and everybody's trained in Western society, especially that, you know, it's too painful. Don't look there. Don't go there. Don't feel it. Don't cry. You're supposed to be the strong one. Right. And it's like, that is like the opposite of really, really, truly moving through something. So, I mean, I don't have many regrets in my life because I don't really believe in regret. But if I were to pick a regret, I kind of wish that I would have moved through some of these emotions a little bit differently at the time um, of all the stress and all the craziness that was happening. I wish I would have sat and felt a little bit more because I feel like it puts you ahead of the game when you do that. You're not like following up years later. I mean, I obviously I can't change the past. Like, like she said in her, in her uh, comment, but like 
just to know that like you're supposed to feel you're supposed to sit and feel what's happening to to you and that you know i think <laughs> i listened to a podcast the other day where they actually proved scientifically that an emotion moving through your body lasts 90 seconds on average i thought that was so funny because i was like oh god we as people are so afraid of 90 seconds of discomfort yeah absolutely <laughs> Yeah. It's crazy. It seems so silly, right? Not at the time when you're going through it. At the time, you're like, ah, I can't. But it's like 90 seconds. <laughs> 90 seconds of a cold shower is more painful than that emotion. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just, it's, and it's almost like for me, feeling the really strong emotions, like it was almost the fear of feeling it and what would happen, the feel of the unknown that was worse than actually feeling it. You know? I don't know Yeah. if yeah. anyone can relate out there, but well, and the hardest part about it is being able to like actually grab your rambling brain. That's, you know, that's running off with that emotion into a whole other spiral of situations and bring it back and say, okay, cool. Like, thanks bro. Let's just hang out for a second here and feel it and move on. But the hardest part is actually doing that as opposed to, let's say this one situation happens and you carry on with your day another one happens. Oh, and then you're getting pissed off at the traffic and, and we're getting road rage and you didn't like how, what Sally, the cashier said to you when you're begging groceries or, and then that turns into a bigger thing, right? When you're not, when you're unable to, when you're already in that, like your nervous system's out of balance and you're just triggered by everything. And then that turns into a really, tough day at the end of the day. And then you come home and your partner's got something else going on or your family members have something else going on or your whoever, your dog, your friends, whoever, whatever interaction that is in that throughout that day. That's why it's so important to be able to take responsibility, take responsibility for your happiness and what you can control, which is passing through that emotion for 90 seconds and carrying on. Literally counting 90 seconds would help a lot and breathing through. They have this thing in yoga where uh, you've been to yoga classes where I never used to know what she was talking about when they would say, breathe into it. And I'd be like, huh? Breathe into it? Okay, I'll just breathe. But I didn't really realize like what that meant until later on where I was like studying it. And I was like, oh, so it means to just like sit there with it and breathe until it becomes easier until the stretch or the pain or the emotion becomes easier. And I'm like, oh, isn't that really good life advice? Wouldn't it it be nice if it was so simple, though? (laughs) I know. Yes, for sure. Um, Okay, let's move on to the next one because there's some really good ones here. Okay, so the next one was completely unrelated to anything I was experiencing at the time, but stuck with me. Someone once said, instead of asking why me, ask why not me? None of us are promised safety, security, ease, or even breath. Shifting our focus from victim to survivor is so empowering. Most of the time, I absolutely have moments of feeling the weight of life. So that's another interesting perspective. I love this group because like, there's so many different perspectives. It's literally limitless. And having that a lot of these perspectives, it helps you to really not discount anything that you're thinking because someone's probably thought it already. <laughs> so this was pretty good. I don't know. What, what do you mm-hmm. think about that, that, that uh, comment? I think that's actually like the essence of life and living, because think about when we're saying things like, why me, why me? It's like, well, what do you want to be doing? You just want to be 
Like, like, what do you really gain from life when everything was quote unquote easy? And then again, that is also like a variable in itself. It's like, what is easy to one person might be difficult to another. So instead of shifting into that, why me? I'm the victim all the time. I think there comes great strength in being able to look back, let's say in a year of the situations of why me and think, oh my God, I did it. I got through it. I learned so much better for it, stronger for it, developed some new skills, some new coping skills, maybe so hopefully (laughs) more neurons firing. (laughs) You're able to completely change your brain and the structure of your brain and your response within just a few practices in a very short, short period of time within, within that, that year, right. Of so many situations of why me that I'm starting to sort of look at it as, like you said, it becomes a blessing because hypothetically, even think back to like where you were mentally, emotionally, physically, let's say before your partner's injury and the many lessons you have learned that have completely changed who you are as an individual, it's kind of mind blowing, right? Yeah. And you're you like, also whoa, you couldn't have had it any other way, right? Like yeah. you, you think about all of that and you're just like, oh, you know, it would be nice if things were to be a little bit smoother, but then you're just like, well, I guess that's not supposed to be the case right now. <laughs> well, and what does that even really mean? Right? Like for you and I specifically, <clears throat> we speak quite openly and quite regularly on the topic of caregiver rights. And then, yes, of course, it's very difficult when home care doesn't show up or when you're sick and you really truly need somebody to pick up the pieces for you and maybe do all the care that your partner requires. But then I think about, you know, being invited to some of these great conferences and symposiums on behalf of other caregivers and speaking on behalf of other caregivers and participating in all of these studies and creating and paving a new pathway for so many women after us. I think, why not us? Of course, this is happening to us. We're capable of carrying that load. And I see that in so, so many different people's lives in our community as well. It's like you, your story is going to change other people's lives and, and it's going to be a whole bunch of people that you'll never meet, but how incredible that is to be truly connected from one individual to another, because that's, that's really all we have. Yeah. And how she said, none of us are promised safety, security, ease, or even breath. Like, like, where did yeah. we where did we get the idea that life was supposed to be easy? We got that idea from our conditioning from uh being in western society that wants to sell you products to make your life easy. It's a fantasy, right? It is. Mm-hmm. Like in what world are you is it supposed to be easy? Like even here in Italy, like life is not easy here. You see 98-year-olds walking up a hill um and there's no accessibility like for them walking up steep staircases, pulling their grocery sack, like, and, you know, slaving over to, you know, I don't know. It's just, you think about all the countries in Africa where they have to hunt for their food every night and they're not promised food. Um, and they're still really happy in a lot of places. They still have the best (laughs) mental and emotional health. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just think it's so interesting how we're, totally brainwashed into thinking that life is supposed to be a piece of pie and that's the end goal. And it's like, is it? (laughs) I don't think so. 
And I suppose one can argue too. It's sort of like the more, you know, the more you realize you don't know, right. The more attainability that you have, that is so easily accessible to you of, like you said, in, in your case of your example, consumerism, the more you sort of get sucked away from the true essence of what is the meaning of life, which is a lot of people can argue happiness to be happy. What does that mean? Just to be happy, right? If you could ask little children, what do you want to be when you grow up? And the majority of them started picking out happiness or different emotions or other things that they were interested in truly being without the career, without being the you know, I want to be a dentist or a teacher or an astronaut. It's like if we shifted our perspective of truly just being in the presence of who we are without needing to manipulate that and chasing that very unattainable goal of, of consuming more, then what would that world look like? And I truly believe connecting it back to SCI is that we've been forced, you know, this traumatic injury happens to you and you're forced to look at things from a completely different perspective. The things that used to matter really don't matter anymore because you're just trying to be comfortable and you're just trying to be looking inward and trying to figure out a way of really slowing down because now you're, your partner is in the chair and you're there and you're just trying to keep your composure until the next uh, stressful situation happens, whether it's a medical emergency or, or whatnot, that everything changes. So I would, I would argue that that has been one of the biggest benefits is being able to create more peace and really, really seeking, seeking peace from within internally, not from outside from other people. Yeah, I know. That's like literally the best life advice. Really well said. Okay, let's move on to the next one. So the next one that I really liked is if nothing changes, nothing changes. This has helped me multiple times when I was wondering why I am stuck in a rut or wanting a different outcome. Reminder that while change can be uncomfortable, it is how you get a result of change, which is exactly what we just said. Yeah. Yeah. Really good advice. And it's like, oh, I, I wish I had this. <laughs> 10 years ago or eight years ago that yeah nice. when somebody was just like smarten up it'll be okay it's fine you'll be fine I promise well and just to have like so many women saying these things like it's just it's it's it is a lot of reassurance like one person mm-hmm. tells you something and then they disappear and then you don't hear really anything from anyone for a few months but when you see all of this it's just really encouraging here's okay Here's, here's the next one that I liked. This is like from an OG. I'm going to say my husband instead of his name, just to keep it anonymous. So here's what she said. We had our accident. My husband was in ICU for a month. He wasn't responsive while he was there in rehab. We talked about him realizing he was a quad. He said, well, we can sit here and be sad all the time and wallow in it, or we can live the life we want to and, and do the things that we can do. Our choice was to do the things that we can do. We built a home that was accessible after we sold our split entry home. We purchased an accessible van. We take drives. We go to restaurants. We go to movies. We go to the zoo, to the planetarium, find local festivals or art festivals, look for local events. 12 years post-injury, C6, C7, C8. 
Do I get sad when my family goes on trips that we used to be able to? Of course. Do I miss our vacations in our trailers that we did every year for 20 years? Of course. But we have so many memories to fall back on that others never will get to see, and we are very lucky to have them. My husband was the one that was so broken, so injured, so weak at that time that took me out of the darkness to see we could still have a good life together. Ah, it was pretty. I thought that was really nice. YOLO, right? <laughs> that's really good. And then there's one here that's very simple. You can't go back. It's so true. <laughs> it is true. Because think about how many times our, our brains like to go back into the past thinking, oh, if it was just different, if I only said this differently, or if only I did this differently, or if only so-and-so's behavior was different than this. It's like, no, that's not how it works, actually. But it's so hard to let go of those things. You cannot go back. Um, I posted this one that I really liked, um, this quote, life will give you whatever experience is most helpful for the evolution of your consciousness. How do I know this is the experience you need? Because this is the experience you're having at the moment. And that's, and that is Eckhart Tolle, which is the yes. power of now author. Yes. The one that had his awakening in an apartment after he was severely depressed. And then he went and sat on a park bench for two years and just marveled at how beautiful the world is. <laughs> yeah. So well, there yeah. you go. <laughs> you, you have to, I mean, if you can, if you, I think that one of those, you know, we, we also speak frequently about the concept of time, you and I, and how people can consistently say, you know, I'm busy. I'm too busy. I don't have time. I don't have time to self-care. I don't have time to look inwardly. I don't have time to meditate. I don't have time to go sit on a park bench and marvel at the world. But then it's, it feels like once you realize those things, you've blinked and life has truly passed by and it's been seven years, 10 years, 15 years, and you're still the same person having those same conversations that the best practice that you and I have spoken about before is it, it just takes one. It just takes one glass of water, one page in a book that you're going to commit to reading, one walk, one sit on a park bench to create a shift in everything, your brain activity, your, your relationships, your communication, your outlook on life. It just takes one. Yeah. And this is, I mean, I, it's easier said than done. Like, you know, we talk about training and brain training, staying in the present moment and accepting it is also training because again, you know, we're steered away from that in our society. We're not trained to think about the present moment. We're trained to think about the future. Right. And that's what causes so much anxiety in our society. Right. Cause anxiety literally is fear of the future. Um, so like training yourself to be in the present moment and accepting it for what it is because it's in front of you is literally the highest form of, in, in my opinion, the highest form of spirituality that you can have, where you can look at what's happening in front of you and you can accept it and yeah. move through it with grace and not want it to be any different than it is. I mean, that is practice. <laughs> it takes a lot of practice. It does. Yeah. Let's see. Okay. So the next one is embrace hopeful realism. Stay away from toxic positivity and the grief recovery method truly helped me. And then she put a little link here. Grief recovery method. 
I don't know what that is, but you, you can do a, oh, it looks, the only evidence-based grief recovery program in the world by the Grief Recovery Institute. In, interesting. So anybody who's interested in that and sort of a program, you might want to look into that. Again, we don't know what it is, but she recommended it, said it truly helped her. Um, hopeful realism. I totally agree with that. I think uh, realism, uh, I think that definition can get screw, uh, screwed around a lot. I think to me, realism means accepting the present moment in front of you, to be honest, like what it is in front of you without denial. I think that's really important. But I think that hospitals and definitely rehab centers, they can take that to a new level where it's not hopeful realism. It's realism with no hope. And I, I know that they use... We talked about this a lot in the private group, especially with new injuries where they use the term, oh, what do they say? False hope. They don't want to provide false hope. I heard that many, many times when my partner was in the hospital where they say, oh, you know, we don't want to test him again. We don't want to do his Asia test because we don't want to provide false hope. We don't want to give him any hope. And I'm like, oh, what do you have if you don't have hope? I think you can get to a place though, where you can, like she said, hopeful realism, where it's like you expect a good result and a hopeful and positive result. Um, you just may not know what that is yet, but stay away mm -hmm. from toxic positivity too, which yes. Oh, I, I, I can't stand toxic positivity. My people, some people in my family, I won't mention them are toxic positive and it's just, it's exhausting. <clears throat> I think it's a coping mechanism though as well, right? Yep. It's a form of denial for sure as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so, I mean, that's a good learning lesson. It's a good, it's a good, it's a path to learn, right? So, and yeah, everybody's path absolutely. is valid, but when it comes to recovery from SCI and the toxic positive thing, it just, it won't do, it won't do anything good for you. Right. So then another one here I'm going to read real quick is um, from somebody that we really, truly love and honor in our community. And she says, <clears throat> my husband says this is what he learned over 35 plus years being in the wheelchair. Listen to the old guys and gals also using wheelchairs when they give advice. He didn't listen. And now his shoulders pay for it. Nothing better than experience. He did not pay enough attention when he was a new, newly injured person to learn from them. Unless you've lived it, you have no idea. And I will say, yes, Dan had a lot of uh, peer support from the wheelchair rugby community through Spinal Cord Injury BC here in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And he learned a tremendous amount from them at the very beginning of basic living in a wheelchair. You're everything has changed and you know, you're in a chair and I feel like that sort of structured his way of leading into spinal cord injury and life, life in a wheelchair after spinal cord injury, um, in a really great way. I can't imagine him not having that support and community. And the same, same thing goes for us as well. There are so many women in our community who have been living this life for 30 plus years and they, they know their stuff. They know what to do from medical advice to sexual health, to relationship, to family advice, to equipment, the list goes on. So big shout out to the OG WAGs that have been part of this community for an ex extensive period of time and can also actually take a step back and like offer other women advice from a very healed, 
healed place themselves. So look forward to the days that that is us. (laughs) We can say we've made it this far, right? Yeah. Well, I think we've like cultivated a really good space for that where, um, with our moderators and stuff like that, like how much we care about the group and how much we care about cultivating a safe space for really good advice that is not toxic positive, that is not toxic in general, that is not, um, you know, mean spirited or vengeful towards our partners. Like I, I think we have a really good space for that on the group, especially this, especially the self-care group. That's literally what it's for. It's like, are you a wag of SCI? Are you a wag of SCI who wants to devote some time to hobbies and self-care and developing the other sides of you besides caregiver, right? Um, it's very a very niche, very unique group. And we thank all the ladies who contributed to this post because you're going to help a lot of people, especially those who are struggling to find their footing after a new injury, but who want to create change in their life. I think... If I were to like leave this episode with any sort of feedback, I would say um, find that spark in you that wants change and go into it and see what it has to tell you because sometimes it's not what you expect, but it's there and you just have to kind of peel away the layers so that you can hear what it's trying to tell you because it will never leave you astray and um, lean into the positive aspects of that. Um because anything negative that those little voices inside your head tell you, it's not real. I mean, Elena, you and I have learned that over the years. It's not real. It's survival speaking to you and it's there to protect you. And just lean into the positive. Lean into the comforting feelings that you everybody has somewhere in there. Even when you're struggling to even survive, you still have that. So what would be like your advice, Elena, for somebody who wanted to kind of get that spark going and kind of change their life in a way, what would you say to them? Oh, no pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Honestly, move slow. I think that um, that was very, very difficult for me to do. It's very difficult for a lot of people to do, to slow down. Um, especially when other people are, are taking, um, your energy. And I don't mean to, like your partner. I mean, like in general, um, a lot of women in our community I have seen have been extremely empathetic, sympathetic to one another. And sometimes that can be extremely difficult to balance your self-care, your personal needs, um, what you're able to give. And one of the biggest things that I've learned is that just like a breath of air, you have to be able to take a breath while giving a breath. And that balance has to happen in order for your survival. And that balance has to happen also with having boundaries and with being able to protect your own energy because you're not going to have anything left for yourself if you can't learn to balance that. And that is something I am learning right now. So I am no expert in this field or in this sort of advice. This is something that I'm learning for myself. You have to be able to take a breath when you give a breath. When you give a breath, take a breath. And that is where I will leave you to ponder that (laughs) quote 
by me today. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that. That was really nice. And like from an outsider's perspective, like I'm not you, but from someone who's like witnessed you and watched you, like I'm pretty sure you are somewhat of an expert in handling this. It's just the layers of going through a lot and still having a quad partner, but having this kind of bird's eye view of the community at the same time. And I can see that like you've learned so, so much, but for anyone out there who has learned a lot and who's still growing and changing the amount of time you have to spend on yourself when you're trying to change to actually change and it's habitual unlearning, right? (laughs) Habitually like unlearning how to be that chaotic person that you used to be in survival mode all the time. And it's, it's, so there's a like nuance there where it's just like, you've changed a lot. You're just unlearning that personality that you want to change, which is the hardest work, right? Cause we have been that person since we were born since, well, actually no, we've been that person since the age of seven right? That's when you kind of do all your development. And so to unlearn how to be that person that you've trained yourself to be since the age of seven is tough work. Absolutely. Yes. So on that note, go and take care of yourselves, people. (laughs) The best that you can with the tools that you have. And everybody out there, thank you for listening. Thank you to all the ways who contributed to this discussion. Thank you to everybody who Uh, contributes on the daily on these really, really important groups. And for all the people who do not have Facebook, we will continue to relay this information in a anonymous way because it is private to all of you who want to hear these extremely valuable tips and advice that these women have. And we will continue to showcase them. And we hope that um, you got a lot of out, out of this episode because, you know, we sure did. We got a lot from that post. So we will continue to discuss these important things and we thank you all for tuning in. And obviously for more information about WAGS, if you have been hiding under a rock, go to (laughs) wagsofsci.com and learn all about us and visit our Facebook page, visit our Instagram page at wagsofsci.com. Send us an email, wagsofsci at gmail.com anytime. And we are looking forward to another episode next week. Awesome. So until next time, take care of yourselves and love one another. Cheers.